The clerk at the front desk of the Inquisitor's wing of the Palace of Justice eyed Sion with a grumpy resignation that filled him with satisfaction about how he was living his life. We're not holding anyone on sorcery charges. She was so sulky that Sion couldn't resist propping an elbow on the counter and giving her a grin. Yeah, but you'd say that even if you were. Her eyes widened in glorious outrage, but he was actually here for a reason. So Sion snipped the line on her ire before she could reel it all the way in. I'm here to see Olenka. Is she about? The clerk sniffed. Wait here, and I'll see if Sergeant White is available to speak with you. The benches that lined the waiting area were still masterworks of discomfort, but at least no one else seemed to recognize him. Probably weren't expecting the sorcerer Vello to have the freckles and reddish hair of a dockside mongrel. Everyone knew he was noble and grand and flamboyantly dressed. Sion had slung that old purple coat of Nihath's into a cupboard and happily forgotten which one. Nearly two months had passed since the exciting events of the summer, when Enkin Danilani, son of the prefect, was saved from the ravages of a harpy, or so the story went, and Sion Velo had... Well, the stories never agreed on quite what Sion Velo had done, but clearly it had been thrilling and dashing and entirely above board because the council now recognized him as the sorcerer. Even if he'd apparently brought a demon into the mundane, it was fine because he had her bound to his every whim. The first time Lakshmi had heard that, she'd laughed so hard she melted into oily shadow. Very little of the breathless gossip bore much of a resemblance to what Sion remembered happening. He wished he'd merely snapped his fingers to summon the other powers to parlay, instead of cutting a gate to the void between planes with a kitchen knife and his own desperation. He wished he hadn't fallen through that gate, holding Ismerlian Hisarani, his fatally wounded love, in his arms. He wished... It hardly mattered, did it? Wishes weren't worth much. No one here looked twice at him, just an unshaven lout who slumped in a corner and stretched out his long legs, crossing scuffed boots at the ankle. Sion rubbed at the headache that loitered behind his left eye, like an alley cat waiting to pounce. Part lack of sleep with his dreams dark and strange these days. Part too much reading. But he still had so much knowledge to catch up on, and no idea where the real answers might be when the wisdom of the vaunted Kola Negedi had been proven incomplete. Mostly, though, the headache was the fault of the planar emanations. They'd started the moment Sion had stepped back out of the void, or rather, been hauled out by Zagiri. Energy skittering and skewing all around him, in bright swirls of ethereal mist, sharp and shooting empyreal sparks, sinuous eddies and coiling smears of the abyss, Every bloody movement echoed queasily in Sion's vision. At the time, he thought at the after-effects of what had happened, of what he'd done, of becoming the power of the mundane. But it hadn't gone away. Even here in the Inquisitor's waiting room, empyreal gold frosted the wall with stiff righteousness, and knots of abyss and ether tangled in the white-knuckled fingers of those waiting on news of their loved ones.